Greetings! You're listening to the audio version of Up the Waterfall. To see us and everything we talk about, be sure to check out the video version by visiting youtube.com slash Xanaland. Thanks for listening! Well, now you got into this mess by going down a waterfall. Now, how would you suppose we'd get them out of there? By going up the waterfall? That's right! Anything's possible in Disneyland. <laughs> Welcome, friends, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Up the Waterfall, episode number 30, Mm. with your hosts, Zanna and Scott Otis. Hello. Here we take a nostalgic journey up the waterfall of Disney parks, movies, books, and more with a present-day point of view. We invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy your visit up the waterfall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This week, we thought we had a different plan, which is going to happen next week, and we thought we would do instead a fun little, you know, fun and fancy free episode, a little more about us, a little more backstory, and a little more crowd favorite, uh, your Disney, O Disney Disney Library books, which we have quite a few behind us. There are a couple, and I'll probably go through those at some point a small (coughs) small pittance compared to the numbers that reside in your shelves these are just the the showcase ones that are for the for the show which we do switch out every now and then depending on the topic but these have been here a while so we haven't moved them especially for the episode that's right um yet again as with last week's hotel tier ranking episode (laughs) it will be a visually packed episode so if you are listening to the audio version on any podcasting device uh we encourage you to watch the video version and you can find us at our xanaland youtube channel that's right which should have been said at the beginning of this audio version anyway so you know where to find us and go ahead and subscribe while you're there and give us a little thumbs up uh, we will do our best, however, to describe everything that we are showing you. So it's not completely boring for those of you only listening. I did feel very bad last week on the hotel episode that we did not do a very good job of describing what we were pulling over with the hotel ranking. Yeah, I guess that's right. Uh, guide. And I totally forgot at the end of that episode to go through with the whole ranking. So. Oh, yeah. Apologies for that, but, you know, watch the video and you can see the whole thing. Yep. Uh, So without further ado, I guess I'll start. Yeah. Because I want to start at the top here and mention our four little prints that we have framed. They're just little paper posters. And, you know, I do like the look of a good black frame. These are simply from Ikea. So they're not the best. They're not custom framed from you know, Joanne's or Michael's or anything, but they work for us. Uh, we have a lot of stuff that needs frames, so we do. <laughs> we kind of went the cheap route and did IKEA to just get it all up. Because the images is is the meat and potatoes Correct. of what we're uh, trying to do. But I'm just explaining if people look closer than they have in the past, <laughs> why there's like spaces on there. You know, these are the things I noticed, so I'm pointing them out. Eh. You may have heard us discuss these posters on our very first episode. Was that the first? Yes, which was 10 years of D23 oh, Expos. Right. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and give that a listen. That was in a completely different location That's true. than this. We, we were, were around the corner <laughs> in my office, which had been commandeered to be a podcast studio. I forget how many episodes we did. I think it was just two or three. Was it? Just one. Just one? (laughs) Uh, Our producer was not pleased with that location, and we immediately set up this new thing. Anyway, back to the posters. Uh, They were part of the Optimist game. That was so fun. Which I still want to do more research, and maybe we can do a whole episode on the Optimist. because And you have that book that goes with it that you mentioned briefly. It's really an amazing, or was an amazing whole long leading up to the expo event and Tomorrowland. Um, Anyway, part of you started online and there were all these clues and weird blog posts that you had to follow. 
and it ended at the expo and you had to go on various scavenger hunts and the end of one of the scavenger hunts you got these four posters and we were, Remember I think, the, one of the, the last people. The artist himself was yes. one was one of the booths at the expo. Correct. He was the, the artist. I don't know if he actually was an artist or if he was just oh, he was an, an actor. Artist. He was an artist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to find out when we do our research on that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there was clues about all of these different items or attractions in the Optimist game. So but I noticed that all four are the uh, attractions at the World's Fair from correct, 1964 that too, which was that was the whole connection mm-hmm. that led to Tomorrowland, which, you know, at the time they were really building that up as the World's Fair portion of Tomorrowland really sucked us all in. Of, of the movie Tomorrowland, of, right? Yes, the movie Tomorrowland, which really made us all <laughs> excited for it, me anyway. Which I... I, I loved it, and I recently watched that, that section of it in really? preparation for the Jules Verne oh, okay. episode because yes, there, there, was some, whole... there were some Jules Verne bits in there. Yes, so those posters are from that, and we thought they would be a fun uh, backdrop for the podcast because they are now part of Disney history because of that fun Optimist game. And honestly, that could be a whole other uh, episode is about the World's Fair. That's true. I've been wanting to do that because we had that <laughs> New York World's Fair. You have a bunch of little booklets and things like that. I have to find my purse that right. I bought on eBay, though. Yeah. Somewhere we'll in, find it. in this house. Anyway, from there, we have various assorted. Um, oh, that's the World's Fair one, too, right behind you. Can you see that one? Oh, yeah. The official souvenir book. Yes. Of the the New York World's Fair. This, this is like actually a library book because it's I wrapped believe in it plastic. Was. <laughs> but this is actually not a Disney book, but it does include the Disney sections because this is the official souvenir book of that World's Fair. And so it's got a lovely map and all, everything about the World's Fair, including the Disney attractions and all, everything else that was going there. <laughs> um, yeah. Very cool. And That was a fun find. The Walt Dis- story of Walt Disney World is that's one of the first little guide brochures. That yeah, this came was out. the the f- it wasn't one of the pictorial souvenir guides. No, like before I think wasn't it? Or no, not? it was different than that because they they produced this book from I think all the way from 1971 through 1980. They changed it throughout the years, but this is basically the story about how Walt Disney World got built, and it's in the. F- shape of a fun D with a little picture a little picture window through signed by Roy Disney himself that's right (laughs) and it's got fun images about uh, from original Walt Disney World and it yeah it's literally describes the the process of making Disney World at the towards the end here's that I love fun those map. kind of yeah we have mm. the in the first podcast you can see the we have a Fort Wilderness version of yeah. one of those maps and this map actually was one of the um, paintings essentially on the wall in the original contemporary rooms oh. so that yeah the whole map itself was wow. literally on one of the walls that's fun yeah um, and basically from here on it just basically talks about how Walt Disney World came to be including his original plans for Epcot as well. So. Very fun. Yeah. And that's your copy, but I have another one on my desk over there. Oh, I have four copies, well, at least, okay. from, from various years. <laughs> you have multiples of lots of things, I guess. I do. But that was, we took a trip to Theme Park, what was that called? I don't remember. You Connection? Know, theme Park Connection, yeah, back when that was a thing. <clears throat> and that was one of my purchases, along with, the oh, she's back there somewhere. <laughs> the original Epcot Center guide map. Um, oh yeah, the the little dial. I don't think it's here. I think, I think it, it's back it at your desk. It fell down because I had the one at my desk is the one that I wrote on with paint pen in 1983, which is why I got this additional one because it had nothing written on it. Oh well. <laughs> I just saw it here it, earlier we'll, today, we'll, we'll so. Show it. But you guys know what that looks like anyway. So. From there, there's just a random Skyliner souvenir. We have some knickknacks here and there. You remember the vehicles from the Jules Verne episode. Of course, a small corn dog figurine. <laughs> What's this from? That little set? 
I don't remember what they're called, so. Oh, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> um, in the plant over there, hanging out and having a grand old time, is an original <gasps> from 1980-whatever, 83? Is that when Captain EO came out? I thought it was 85 or 6. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. I want to say 86. The original Fuzzball, because they came out with him later. Can you grab him from I there? Can. Oh, wow. And he has, you know, the real little glass or whatever, plastic eyes. Super which, of long course, tail. later became a choking hazard. So now Whoops. they do still, or they did still sell him. I don't know if you can, maybe you can still get him. Um, but he doesn't have these kind of eyes anymore or nose because those could be a choking hazard. So I got him back in 1986, it says on the tag. And I loved him dearly. He uh-huh. sat on my... That is a super bed. long tail. Yeah, he was always my favorite character from Captain EO, besides Michael, of course. Um, so yeah, he's fun. There's a poo back in there, too, which was purchased <laughs> at the... <laughs> That sounds terrible. If you're, no, I think people if you're know watching, you can see Winnie character. the Pooh is hanging out under there. There is no poo in our plant. Um, there is. There is a poo in our plant. That was purchased back in Japan in Epcot. Oh, wow. Back when they, remember when they actually sold merchandise oh, yeah. from Tokyo Disneyland oh, yeah. for a brief time? Absolutely. It wasn't a lot, no, but, not a lot but it was enough. And they didn't sell Winnie the Pooh stuffed, you know, plush like that here. So I was like, I want to get this guy. And underneath that, a monorail game that is all you. It's not this, even open. Well, this was uh, for the 50th oh, anniversary right. of Disneyland. They did uh, release a recreation, a recreation mm-hmm. of the original monorail game, and I bought a cop. Actually, I bought a couple of copies of this. This one's still sealed, but it's a fun little board game that Disney created. I think back in the 60s. Wow. Yeah. Does it say on the back? It might know. be right There's on the front else. right here, but I I don't have my glasses on. No, it says East Longmeadow, Massachusetts, Parker Brothers Incorporated. I don't know where there East Longmeadow is, and I used to live in Massachusetts. So I'm going to go with the western part of the state. <laughs> People can fact check me. Fun game. Then, of course, we get to this fun little oh shelf full of A lot knick-knacks. of stuff happening there. And tchotchkes. Okay, I can play your Vanna White for you. What, what would you like? Well, we can start at the top and just say we have some various assorted mugs. We have the Yub Nub from... <laughs> it's been so long, I can't remember the name. Olga's Cantina. Olga's Cantina. Aww, yeah. It's been so long. Um, which, of course, I got because these have Ewoks, and they're my favorite. And this one is a Porg. And a Porg. This one, when you order it, is non-alcoholic. It's some sort of ginger ginger ale thing. And this one is alcoholic, and I don't remember anything else about I it. I still have never been to Olga's Cantina. Really? I mean, I've been inside it, but I've never stayed there and, like, <laughs> lounged you the way that you stayed the do. night. It's hard to get around. <laughs> I've only literally just walked through it. Yeah. Well, I've been there a couple mm. times, and it's fun. There's a couple more. This you brought home from your fancy-schmancy visit to Club 33 when you went to the expo without me. Sorry about that. But, yeah, I went to Club 33, hanging out with the, with the crew, <laughs> And this was a couple John of Stamos. the, oh, yeah, you know. I did meet John Stamos there, but I had met him before a couple of times. And he but, did uh, this to you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is one of the uh, the, the busts in uh, the Haunted Mansion that they made into a drink. really creepy if uh, you I, think about it, because you're drinking out of his brain. He has a fun little stir. And then that, of course, has the Club 33 that's right. on it. I kind of wish you'd gotten all of them because they had more. There were only two. Okay. So, but each if, one was a lot of money. So, if you can yeah. see right here, I don't know if you can zoom in on that, Christian. What is that? Um, it's actually the thir- Club Thirty Three logo, but this particular <gasps> part is in like the um, UV paint. So okay. it's like if you have a black light, then it looks, it glows. So, very fun. He's super creepy. And what's this? This is one of my many black pearls from... It looks like a white pearl. It, it is. Every now and then they have a black one, but they're like oh, okay. very limited. 
I have, I think, three more of these downstairs. It's my favorite drink to get at Trader Sam's. It's just like, <laughs> kind of like a horchata, cinnamony. And of course, the requisite stirrer. This one is from. Uh, Got that at Disneyland, yeah, right? Yeah, this says Disneyland Hotel on it. So. All right. The other ones are from here in Orlando. Oh will be lots of fun silences for Christian to edit through or leave for <laughs> awkward enjoyment. Here's a couple enjoyment. of fun things. <laughs> this is from Aulani. Um, it's just a fun little opening day or whatever guy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. I forget. I haven't been there myself. Vinylmation, which I do have a box full somewhere. Quite a few. Uh, this was the Epcot Center guide map one. Which, which matches the, the guide map that's guide somewhere map in that. here. <laughs> this, of course, is our golden Mickey, which you can get on any Disney cruise ship. He's probably a little dusty. But where did we get this but one? But this one, with our first place from 2014, was when we competed. And in, won. And won. We got first place in Goofy's Mystery Tour. Yay. Which, if you're not aware, is a cast member and friend. You can bring people that aren't cast members, mm -hmm. but you have to have at least two cast members, I That's believe. That's right. Uh, scavenger hunt slash trivia contest after hours mm -hmm. in a Disney theme park, I guess. They're That's right. all held in a park. And the fun part is you're bungee corded together. Yikes. Or you used to be. We haven't done it in a few years. We, you retired on a Well, on and a then I note. participated in the most recent one. Oh, that's right, you did. <laughs> after, you did after a long retirement. I wasn't there, so you didn't win. That's true. <laughs> um, but it is a really fun night because there's trivia, which really some of them are very obscure, and then also uh, lots of fun little word jumble puzzles yeah, and things that you have to run around and decipher and solve another clue. And I, I've actually won that four times Whew. before we get too far away from it joe Rody just recently posted on instagram about those little guys oh yeah called the mini Hune. oh yes Minihune. Minihune. Yeah. yeah like it used to be minnie's minahuni character breakfast and there's a little and then it became there's Ohana. a scavenger hunt at alani where is. you try to find all yes. the missing minahuni um i just got this one because i work with people that had them what you got here this is a fun find from the Lake Buena Vista Cup uh, Club. Sorry, <laughs> I'm holding a cup. Um, the first anniversary of that establishment in October 1975. And these you found over at some place on 192. Just one of the little touristy uh, traps. Like that one are of those on Citrus World kind of yeah. places. But in the back, I guess they have a whole Disney collectibles. Yeah section just found a few of those and some of them are in better condition than others they have a little if you put them in the dishwasher they do probably not do that but the lake buena vista club is of course the restaurant that was attached to the lake buena vista golf club ah. over in the vacation villas which i speak of often and fondly because you stayed there back in the day we'll do a, an episode on the vacation villas for sure i mm -hmm. wish i had more like photographic evidence and you have plenty merchandise from there so when i saw these i w had to have them <laughs> <laughs> all right orange bird sipper you know everybody has one of those i don't think everyone does they sell them every flower and garden festival <clears throat> here's our friend shandu ah uh, shandu yes this is shandu who everyone may remember is from uh, sinbad's Storybook Voyage over at Tokyo Disney Sea. To me, the greatest attraction in Tokyo. Uh, oh my gosh. And Shandu <laughs> is literally the cutest character ever. And yeah, when I went there in 2010 and 2011, I just could not get enough of him. And I bought tons of Shandu merchandise and got them for all my friends, including this little uh, tin full of um, chocolate. Actually, it's banana. Um, banana candies because um, if you may recall there's uh, one scene in the attraction with um, with all of the apes and monkeys where there literally is just tons of bananas around and uh, 
Sinbad and Chandu help them save all of their bananas. And of yes. course, it's a, it smells like bananas all over the place in that attraction. So, Oh, wow. Secrets. So, yeah. And I actually got, I think I still have about eight of these tins. And this is unopened, yeah, I just yeah, realized. So I'll, I'll be eating those later. It's from 2011. Don't think I won't. No, I very much know you will. That was when I first, um, I had started following you, but that was when I was really like, oh my gosh, everyone, you have to follow this Otisney guy. He's in Japan. This was, of course, before the days of Tom Bricker bringing <laughs> everyone yeah, actually, uh, goes did, there now. But back then, you were one of the you know first that yeah, had been there. And so I, I, I had to find exciting. a way to, to tweet out. And I God, I used TwitPic back then, and I that's all I did all day long was just sending back pictures of Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. So it was a lot of fun. When I saw that this existed, this adorable little guy, and then I watched videos on YouTube, and fell in love with the ride and him, and, and of the course song. the song oh "Compass of Your Heart" by Alan Menken, one of his finest works, if I do say so myself. I said, please, can you bring me back a stuffed Shondu? And you did. And so I still have mine downstairs. Yep. But you have a few of these hanging around. I actually around. do, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and w the problem with, with going to Tokyo Disney is whenever you go on this attraction, it's so incredible. And the line is so short that you just keep on and go riding again and again and again. And then you miss everything else because <laughs> you end up doing that all day. So you need so. to spend at least a month in Tokyo is That's what right. you're saying. All right. She agrees. What else? How about this? Oh, well, you got this against my better judgment, but I'm kind of glad you got it <laughs> at the expo. At the most recent D23 expo when they, uh, I guess, when they gave every th all these new um, pavilions. Logos. Oh, yeah. Um, they gave them all, some of them, new logos. Mm -hmm. And so they created a whole set about them. And... If you are unfamiliar with the expo, listen to our first episode, but this is from when they have the Mickey's of Glendale store, which is, of course, if you are an Imagineer, you can shop there. <laughs> I think we need to bring everything up. It's okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so this was one of the items in the Mickey's of Glendale store, and inside all of these are pins, Ooh. and they come out, and each one has a little logo on it. This one is... The Living Seas, as I still call it, but I guess it's the seas with Nemo and friends to everyone else. And then inside is the pin. Oh, wow. And how many total are there in that set? Oh. Quite, quite a lot. You can count them. And some are <laughs> exclusive to that set. Yes. Um, you could buy some of the pins individually, yes. but I think the black and the white one, mm -hmm. at least, are exclusive to this set, which... The kitten is very interested in right now. <laughs> Stella. Oh, this one is the original Epcot logo, which I don't know if you can see that because it's very white. And here's the and new then one. Epcot. Yeah, the new font. Which is Epcot, you know, the original Epcot font-esque. Yes. So. <laughs> original adjacent. Ooh, you put that in sideways. Sorry, folks. Oh I put it gosh. in sideways. That's actually a crime. It is a crime. All right. <laughs> Um, okay, so there's just a bunch of stuff on here now, including <laughs> when, I guess, these came out around the time that that shop opened over at Disney Springs in the Marketplace section, which I was trying to remember the name of um, to yesterday. Co-op. Co thank you. The Marketplace Co-op. <laughs> and I did not Google it because I couldn't remember it, and now I don't have to because you're here. Kitten is again very interested in this hippo. So they came out with these fun little uh, figurines reminiscent or yeah. in tribute to different attractions. So there's some of them were painted to look similar to how they look in, in the rides themselves. Some were not. Big Al is just um, by himself. We have Monstro the Whale downstairs on a table. A figment figment well. is on my desk. And we had the whatever that original rocket That's ship was right. called it yeah, wasn't the twa rocket oh i thought it was like rocket liner or something oh the moon liner moon liner thank you yes um that sadly broke we had that in front of our tv for a long time no. and i can't find it anywhere so this is just a funko pop of figment <laughs> which came out i think last year i'm not a huge fan of funko pops every now and then i am one not. is fun but i don't like the black eyes i don't like things where i 
there's 8 million of them where I have to collect because that's why I stopped doing, although they stopped doing vinylmation too, but I had to cut myself off. Same with pins. Like there's so many when Disney does a collection, they really do it. Yeah. I got caught in the pin thing. This, I just found the other day when you found this box of stuff, this is one of my original figment figurines from, but he's got the little top hat and the tux and you may have seen others of these where he's in like the little space suit. Yeah, um, this is like straight the, from the original the Journey barbells. into Imagination attraction. Yeah, from the ending scene or very scene throughout. So I need to collect the rest of those on eBay because I do love everything Figment. This was another figurine that I just had in my bedroom growing up. Yeah. And I dropped him no. on this very, when we were setting this up and his little wing broke, so sad time i'm not going to talk about okay. that we just did that i will tell you about this one though <laughs> this is another tin from uh tokyo disneyland and but what's interesting about this one is it's the 28th anniversary um it's celebrating their 28th anniversary and i think i i ref- almost referred to it in a previous show and that is where they literally have merchandise every year uh celebrating their mer- um their anniversary and, he, you know, I was there during the d- Tokyo Disneyland's 27th and 28th anniversaries, and I got merchandise celebrating that. Like, you, here in the States, you only find that for every five years. Yeah. This is literally, it says, 28th anniversary on April 15th, 2011. So, that I was a thing. I remember their 30th anniversary, the happiness year. That was a fun Ooh. celebration. Jeez, oh, almost dropped a mug. And, of course, everyone may remember Figment from the 25th anniversary of Epcot. We talked about him on the anniversaries episode. I like his little vest because it looks like Spaceship Earth. Excuse me, I'm getting a call. (laughs) That's right. We have an an original Mickey Mouse phone. That gag would have been so much funnier if the cord wasn't tied up. Oh, well. Anyway... (laughs) Hello? <laughs> did you actually use this as a phone back when you had it? I did not. It was given to me by a friend, oh. Greg Randall. We should have a, a landline just for this purpose. I miss having a, a fun... Oh, yeah. You know, just in case what the, would that be for? the power no, no. goes out and then you have you need to call people who... I don't know who you're going to call just because call no one K- has a landline. KL5 land. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. that's very fun. I always wanted a Mickey Mouse phone. And now I guess and now I we have, have one. one. Thanks, I had a bubblegum phone growing up, which has nothing to do with Disney, but it was fun because you didn't really have to pay money to get the bubblegums out. What else do you have? This is a fun little Epcot zipper, which, no, you can get anywhere. Here's a, a coin celebrating the grand opening of Tokyo Disney Sea from September 4th, 2001. I'm not sure when and where I got that, but... Oh, I guess it's a cast member exclusive. Who knew? And why don't you talk about this one, because I believe that came from you. Oh, that was just uh, someone I am friends with frames tickets and does other things with them, and I just thought this was fun. It's just an original, I think, 1982? (gasps) Ooh, that was a good year. I forget. It doesn't say on here, but it definitely, I thought, had a date on it. Um, anyway, you know, the original Magic Kingdom ticket, two days, one adult, very fun, $18. I think that about wraps it up for that. I mean, we talked about this guy on our, well, I do one have of our books. Galaxy's Edge. Oh yeah, I just mean this, the shells, okay. I don't think we need to look at them. Why don't you take that there? <laughs> Already? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to show you that this is a, a Disney Disneyland special guest <laughs> book. What? <laughs> it was in the way. <laughs> this uh, will be the most realistic episode yeah. we've done. This is us in real life. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? I was going to show you this fun. Uh, oh, it's a pin set. Oh, sorry, I forgot he did that. <laughs> I've awoken <laughs> the other cat. The beast has been awakened. Okay. okay. Putting it back. That's fine. Go ahead and anyway, coupon booklet. Yeah, this is an A through E Disneyland coupon guidebook, but it's not. It actually opens up to reveal little pins with all of the A, B, C, D, and E tickets in the original Disneyland page, which is a fun little book. 
And it's as I said, it's even got all the little attractions that were listed as A through E attractions back in 1959 when the e-ticket was invented, when they created the Matterhorn bobsleds. So yeah. You used to collect a lot of a lot more pins than I did, right? I got trapped into the pin thing. Actually, I, um, on a trip to Disneyland in 1998, I found a, I a whole mess of pins at the Disneyland Hotel that were celebrating each individual attraction at Disneyland, but not just attractions present, but also from the past. So I remember like there was one about the phantom boats and all, you know, basically every attraction and so I just had to have them. Not knowing right. that Disney could and did create unlimited pins about everything and and there's no end to it. And so, yeah, I sunk many, many a dollar into that, and I probably currently have maybe 20,000 Disney Gosh. pins somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I know exactly where they are, but, yeah, it's a <sighs> lot. Well, that'll be your retirement fund, I guess. And this is a film reel with the original print of Snow White. And the <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's not. This is um, <laughs> in my eBay days. I had gotten a whole bunch of, you know, that's when I filled out my Disney book collection, and one of the auctions included this film reel, which is from the Disney MGM Studios. Didn't it used to have, like, saltwater no, taffy it, in it? No, it has saltwater taffy in it. <laughs> this is still unopened from <laughs> oh Disney MGM Studios' original opening. I thought it was heavy when I picked it out. Oh, yeah, it still has it's, the... It's I'm surprised 32 it hasn't... Oh, it's not shaken at all. It's like one solid. It has never been opened. Yeah, that I might be I remember when they sold these, though. Yeah. So that's from the original. Fun sticker. Oh, well, yeah. these are the things that our children will have to go through and deal with someday. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what's remaining. Uh, well, actually, oh, yeah. let's go over there a little bit. Oh, this. Yeah. Spin around. Why don't you give me that MPS thing over there? Okay. I mean, this isn't necessarily Disney, although I I would say it's Disney related. Uh oh. Stuck to the squid. Anyway, yes. So this is the uh, the logo of the National Park System that was given to me as a fun birthday present, which includes the four elements of um, all national parks. The buffalo. <laughs> Everyone has buffalo. <laughs> well, no, the buffalo represents wildlife. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> a representative of a lake with with water. It's got the mountain with the scenery, and then the uh, the sequoia tree from all of the uh, from yeah the trees. So yeah, and it's in the shape of an arrowhead. This is and this is a fantastic gift that I got. So, but anyway, we talked about that on some episode. I can't. Well, remember I did which a, one a, all the. Um, Grand Canyon oh, right. bits that, was, that yes. Disney had done. And I'm sure there's going to be a future episode where I talk about uh, Disney and the national parks because that's a whole thing Yes, that I've wanted to. Why don't you talk about that? Um, that well, we talked oh. about that on the Jules Verne episode, the 20,000 Leagues. We did. Print. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. I really liked the colors. And it, it was at one of the booths for Expo a few years back. <laughs> this, as you may recognize, is a maintenance <laughs> service elevator. Wait, no. This is oh, a Figaro, <laughs> which You've is a big fig. <laughs> this is a big fig, uh, ex but it's actually not the original big fig. It's actually only a portion of one that was given to me because somebody had one that was broken. And who gave that to you? Uh, Ricky Briganti, of all people. Way Good back old Ricky Briganti. We miss him uh, here. Yeah. I know he doesn't miss... <laughs> the Orlando blogging scene, I'm sure. But. Yeah, his his original uh, podcast was the first Disney podcast that I started listening to, the Inside the Magic. At what? No, I was just looking. He's missing a whisker. Well, the, he's also missing the base that he stands on because oh, in really? the original Big Fig, he's actually looking back at a bird. Uh, it's it's from one of the original Figaro cartoons. Yeah. So this is completely is out of context. Because it doesn't include that whole other section. But, but it's still fun. Oh, yeah. I think it's fantastic. But it's just so big. And and we've kind of had it in the background of all of our episodes. Yes. I enjoy him. Because we are cat people here. So you may have seen a cat or two. <sighs> Which takes us to book time, I guess, right? Sure. Which 
Oh, you're getting them yourself. Okay. I guess. Um, if you want, you can so hand you them these. to me later. This is the book of books. This is Mark Davis in his own words, Imagineering the Disney Theme Parks, that just came out, I think, in August of last year. And this was written by Pete Doctor and Christopher Merritt, and this is considered, like, the greatest book of books. This is so phenomenal, and it actually weighs, I think, 16 pounds. It's <laughs> Almost heavier. as much as that saltwater taffy. It's heavier than that figment. But it, it comes in two volumes and a nice box set. I'll let you hold this. But this literally goes through Mark Davis's mm. life and all of the drawings that he created, not in the um, animated features, but when he then switched from animation to Imagineering and was ima um, drawing for the theme parks. And this is just chock full of artwork uh, from, and, uh, from his days doing that. And it actually talks about this couple of pages describes each of the chapters and then actually has the first chapter which was his animation days but then it talks about him going to Imagineering and then it talks about his work in each attraction with Nature's Wonderland, Submarine Voyage, The Jungle Cruise, Enchanted Tiki Room, The World's Fair um, which is broken down into two parks because he actually drew for all four of the attractions there as well as Pirates of the Caribbean, The Haunted Mansion, Country Bear Jamboree, and then his um, doing the Western River Expedition, which never got made, sadly, and America Sings, as well as um, when oh, when they went to Florida. Lots of uh, projects, including Tom Sawyer Island and things like that. Here's some of his unrealized projects. Enchanted, Snow Palace, and Epcot, including the world of motion, which maybe we'll be talking about later. But it's just chock full of Mark Davis's amazing artwork from all of that. And it is such, I, my arm is literally getting tired <laughs> just holding this. But I mean, it, in addition to all of his artwork, it's just, uh, there's text that describes each one. And um, there's a lot of quotes from f uh, famous artists and, and Imagineers that he worked with. Um, this, if you can get any book, this would be the one to get. And it's actually two because it's so big. And it's, I believe each of the two volumes itself is 400 pages. I thought so you were going to say $400. Well. It is on sale every now and then. So. Yeah, it gets down to something like $80 yeah, or so. A it, it is a little pricey, but it's it's probably the best investment you're going to ever have. And Pete Doctor and Christopher Mar Merritt, if you're listening, thank you. This <laughs> is amazing. I'll Good luck putting that away. Um, and so basically, I was. this is just kind of like the who's who of Disney books that I like to keep out. Uh, this is, of course, John Hench's, you know, the famous Imagineer extraordinaire this is the book that he wrote designing disney imagineering and the art of the show and it just talks about you know just you know it's basically in his own words the guru talking about everything that he did and he was just an amazing guy an amazing imagineer a lot of uh, things came from him including space mountain and he talks about all of that and everything that he ever did for the parks and he's also just like a master at color and so there's actually literally chapters in here that describe the uses of each color including blue white and brown <laughs> but uh, honestly this is a fantastic read and, uh, and he actually wrote this uh, just before he passed away so that was a great one this one is I think if you're a book collector you know this one is like the one that I can't get. This is Disneyland, the Nickel Tour, a very hard find. Uh, but it's essentially the history of Disneyland as told through its postcards. And this was written by two amazing authors, um, Bruce Gordon and David Mumford, one of whom, David Mumford, I had the fortune to, uh, to know, and we had lunch many, many uh, times when he came to Florida. 
Um, but it liter literally, it, the artwork is literally just the postcards that all the postcards that Disney ever sold. But the text is the history of Disneyland, um, as told through its postcards, and including there's a, like a even checklists in, in case you happen to be a postcard collector, um, so that you can check. Not not that you should write in the book. But um, <laughs> if in case you were that kind of person, if you're like me and you have multiple copies of this, one copy you can use as a checklist. No, no don't do that. I do have multiple <laughs> copies, but I have not written in the book. But it, it it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal book. And it, um, this was released, I believe, in 2005. There was a second edition released in 2010. And honestly, if the... Um, if that press were able to recreate this book and make it more available to folks that would be phenomenal mm. all right i'm gonna take a little drink here because i've been talking a bit <coughs> this is walt disney's imagineering legends and the genesis of the disney theme park written by the author extraordinaire jeff curdy he's written so many so I'm probably I think 40 at my last count great Disney books and this is probably one of my favorites because it basically talks about each of the Imagineers that had a part in creating Disney theme parks you know all the way from the original uh, not just nine old men but like uh, folks like Ken Anderson, Herb Ryman, Sam McKim, Bill Cottrell, Martin Davis, Mark Davis of course um, and it basically goes down by uh, different categories, including the model shop, um, the Renaissance Imagineer, John Hinch, who I had originally uh, recently spoke about, the machine shop with Roger Brogy and Bob Gurr, as well as executives and folks mixed media. And so you're going to find folks like Exitensio, Ken Anderson, and folks like that. And this is basically a book with a chapter for each of those Imagineers. Um, talking about what they've done for the parks. A great, great book. I highly recommend this one. Some of these you're going to be able to find pretty easily on some great websites like Amazon, eBay, <laughs> or at your local independent bookseller. I do highly encourage that. Anyway, this next book is probably one of the books that got me into book collecting the, uh, the original Disneyland Inside Story by Randy Bright, who sadly is also no longer with us. Hmm. But anyway, this is probably the original um, Disneyland book that essentially told the story of the creation of Disneyland through a bunch of funny anecdotes and, and, and original stories. One of the ones I always remember is when he talks about the cats in Sleeping Beauty Castle, because as you may remember, Sleeping Beauty Castle um, was built for the opening of Disneyland in 1955, but they didn't create the walkthrough until 1959. And when they were essentially excavating the castle to create the walkthrough, they found cats. A bunch of feral cats that had uh, taken hold, which apparently were very important to the days of Disneyland because they were taking care of the mouse problem. Yes. Not that Mickey Mouse is mm. a problem, but Anyway, <laughs> but they tell that story in here, Randy does, and all kinds of other fun things. And it essentially goes through the history of Disneyland um, with fun little stories like that. And what I like about this one is it's got a really cool map at the at, in each of the bookends, but also it's got a checklist of each of the uh, Disneyland attractions that ever appeared and Disneyland, not a checklist, <laughs> but a... You've opened to Splash Mountain. You really started something now. Well, yeah, this has... <laughs> because this book came out in the late 80s, they were talking about a future attraction. Right. Which is Splash Mountain by this Imagineer, Tony Baxter, which is essentially going to be a great attraction about the, what, the 1946 movie, Song of the South? Which at that time, you know, that that's what it was being billed at but you know as you've probably well, heard the news uh they're changing that it wasn't really about the movie well it used characters it did they use purposely characters. left things out yeah they had the briar patch and brer yes. brer's bear fox rabbit and, rabbit and frog 
and turtle. But and a little a problematic. But that's not why I came to this page. I know, it's it was just because funny it was a sequence it. of Disneyland attractions <laughs> that talks about all of the extinct attractions that's and funny. the years that they uh, opened. And, and it also says what pages they can be found on. Very helpful. Of course, since this book was created in the late 80s, it doesn't talk about all of the attractions that have been built since. Yes, I'm sure. Oh, well. <laughs> That'd be crazy if it did that. <laughs> that Just would be crazy. Just two kids wait. This is another fun uh, book that came out um, yeah, that's relatively in new. 2010. You know, that's it's 10 years old. But it's in a great shape, and it's written by one of our favorite authors, once again, Jeff Curdy. Uh, when Disneyland celebrated its 55th anniversary, they created this fun little book called Disneyland Through the Decades. And I am a sucker for any Disneyland book, so this one. And so it's essentially just another, you know, great Disneyland book. Yeah, this is the, the secret stuff, which I can't really tell you about. If you want to look at that, you may. But anyway, uh, it's got an original. It's sealed. I don't think I should have. It's got an original, um, like an actual... Ticket number one, right here, signed by the author, I guess. That's very, no, actually, that's this signed by Marty Sklar. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is from, I guess this is a commemorative yeah, edition Yeah, this of was the from book. the expo. Okay. From D23. So I think, or Destination Well, actually, it's not from the expo. Um, D23, they kind of put their stamp oh, on a lot of the Disney releases. But I think this is like a, a commemorative version of the book that included the contents of that envelope, which, sh which shall remain. We'll never know, because no mm -hmm. one wants to break the seal. I'll break it. But anyway, that once again just tells the story of Disneyland through photographs and story. And as I've mentioned before, Jeff Curdy is an amazing author, so this is a great find and a great read as well. And honestly, yeah. I'm going to bust it open. I didn't... Mm. Eh. I've actually never done this before. Oh God, it's ripping so much. But you know what? I don't keep these for resale value. That's I keep true. them for me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Look at that. It's got fun little uh, posters. Little uh, miniature versions of the Disneyland posters, <gasps> including Rock to the Moon, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Monorail, the Haunted Mansion... The Skyway. Casa de Fritos. Yummy. Submarine Voyage. I'll tell you all about that in a minute. And the Flying Saucers attraction. And there are little postcards. But anyway, and it also includes the recreation of the original Disneyland News, which was written by Marty Sklar. I do remember that. Um, but this is a little newspaper that they would hand out uh, to guests at the, at the park. And this was the uh, original, original one. Very from the uh, opening of Disneyland. So, yeah, I'll let you uh, put that back. Thanks. While uh, I talk about our next selection. Before you do, didn't they come out with a newer version of this for the 60th that's essentially the same thing well, or no? It's not the same thing, but uh, they've come out with all kinds of books like that. So there is a, a version, but I, I don't think it's that one. Okay. But it's just... So, I mean, I, I have a whole mess of... Disneyland historical books. But this one was one of my favorites because it was written by Jeff Curry and includes and it includes all those fun goodies. This one is this is probably the book that uh, started me on Disney book collecting and it was before I even knew it. I was probably aged maybe somewhere between 5 and 8 and I went to the Orange Mall in Orange, California, on Lincoln, uh, actually, actually, I think it was Lincoln Boulevard, or it's somewhere on Orange Boulevard, or Tustin Avenue, one of those. You just look up Orange Mall. That's where it was. It was at the B. Dalton Bookseller. I was... Which is not still there, so you no. can't visit the B. Dalton. Oh, the, you don't think... Oh, yeah, I guess the B. Dalton Bookseller. <laughs> no, but the Orange Mall is still there. Um, so you can go there, and maybe it's a, an Orange Julius or something. I don't know. But um, I remember as a little me, I w went, was looking at one of the display tables, and I saw this awesome book. And I remember on the cover, it actually had, it said Walt Disney's America, and it had a bunch of fireworks. And we're actually going to link up a, a picture of that, because 
this doesn't you have include a weird that. Version with um, some but see, the thing is, I remember thumbing through this book, and it was just all about Disneyland. But it was it was not just Disneyland, but it was all, uh, Walt Disney's fascination with America and Americana, and so it included a lot about the um, the movies that that were set in America, including live action films such as Johnny Tremaine and you know Davy Crockett and things like that, plus uh, animated things like Ben and Me and a bunch of other things, mm-hmm. but also Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And I found that book, I thumbed through it, and I was like, wow, this is fantastic. I think I should get this one day. And then I never did. And I never heard of it or saw it again until like uh, 30 years later when I discovered eBay. And I was just, you know, just trying to fill out my Disney library by getting all these books that I didn't have. And I found this book that I hadn't even seen of or heard from since that time when I was just a little me, just looking through the bookstore. And I found it, and I I got this version, which what, what's really weird about this is that whoever owned this before put to put this nice cover on it which i mean it's embossed with the yeah it's vinyl and it's got an embossed mickey up here it's got in gold leaf not real gold leaf but you know Walt disney's america on the side but the only problem with it is that it covers up that awesome (laughs) image because it's really in there looked recently to see if we could take it off and not damage it and i don't know i would have to i would have to cut the cover off yeah which i kind of want to do because, as I said, you know, I don't really... Let's do it right now. Well, no, maybe kidding. maybe that'll be a future uh, yes. issue. But we'll um, let him be that safe for now. That is such a great, great book. Uh, but anyway, that's what started all. And I was so amazed when I found it. I think I, I talked about the original half of that story um, in the episode when we were talking about ourselves. And I was talking about how I got mm-hmm. into book collecting, but I never finished that story. Mm-hmm. Because I said, because I said, I'll get back to that, <laughs> and then I never did until now. So yeah. Now Just like you when know. You found the book. That's right. This next one is written by that great, great author that I've mentioned many times before, Jeff Curdy, and this is probably the book that uh, started all with him, uh, as far as Disney books. This is since the world began, the history of Walt Disney World in the first 25 years that was released in 1996. That's all about Disney World from 71 to 96, and everything actually that happened before that led up to the creation of Walt Disney World. The only thing I can suggest about this book is that there needs to be another version for the 50th anniversary, which is coming up. Uh, we, I can only hope that Disney has caught on to that idea and talked to Jeff about creating that. I don't, I'm, not hold, I'm not holding my breath on that. But if they surprise me and say, yay, then that'll be great. But anyway, it, this is just, what do you got there? Nothing. Okay. Keep going. But anyway, yeah, so this just talks about everything that's happened at Walt Disney World up till 1996. And it's just such an incredibly detailed book. This is like the great research book for everything about Walt Disney World that led up to that point. And what do we have here? This is probably... Well, we talked about this We before, did talk so. about this, but I mean, I have to mention it, of course. We talked about this in that Epcot uh, book, book episode. Yeah, where I talked about Epcot books. But honestly, this is probably the other book that really got me into book collecting and that got me so interested in Walt Disney World. Um, just shortly, I, I mean, I was living in Texas when Disney World, actually when Epcot opened, and so I was pretty far from the scene. Um and I could only see whatever was being, you know, whatever snippets they had on television, and there weren't, mu- there wasn't much. But I did find this book, um, and it was given to me right when it first came out. And so this is uh, originally a 1982 book about the opening and creation of Epcot, which is honestly, if you can get any book about Epcot, this is the one to get. And it just talks about each pavilion, including. Our favorite journey into imagination, horizons, Germany, <laughs> yeah, Mexico. All of it is in here, including the creation of all these scenes from the American Adventure. And what's really cool about this book is you remember all those great paintings in the American Adventure? Yeah, they're all in here. Look how big that is. 
four there's pages several. wide. Yeah, and there's several of them. So, this is just a phenomenal, phenomenal book written by Mr. Beard. Walt Disney's Epcot Center, creating the new world of tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this next book, and there's literally just a couple more books, but uh, this is a very recent release from the Toshin collection of books. Um, they did a book about Disneyland. They had recently done one about Walt Disney's um, animated films, which was a big old bear of a book. Huge, huge book, but included all of the films that Disney ever made, I think animated. Um, and then they did another one recently about Mickey Mouse, which just, that's a f great big book too. But this one is similar to the Randy Bright book. This is just the history of Disneyland, but with that's just phenomenally written by Chris Nichols. Let me ask you a question. Please. Compared to all the other Disneyland books, mm -hmm. would you say that the content is pretty similar? Like the same backstories and things like that? Or Not the same backstories, no. I would say there's a lot of original content in here oh, that's okay. not found well, that's in any good. other book. It tells it kind of in this. Uh, actually, this one doesn't go um, uh, chronologically, but it goes by land. Oh. And but so I'm each chapter I think goes chronologically, <laughs> but it does it by land. And so there's a land about Main Street. I'm sorry. There's a chapter about Main Street. Here's the opening page Holy of burns. Adventureland. And s but it, yeah, there's a phenomenal original content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And I really thought that my my original Disneyland book by Randy Bright was like the go-to book, but it it is. But there's more. Mm -hmm. You know, I've mentioned that Jeff Cree book, Disneyland for the Decades. I recommend, if you're a fan of Disneyland, that you get all of them. I mean, not everyone probably can get all of them, but they should. <laughs> I but, really need to read all but of I guess, these. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is, if you only got this this latest one by the, you know, Toshin, that would be a, a great start. And what's amazing is that for the Toshin books, this particular one was incredibly affordable. The other ones were well over $100 each. And this Disneyland book, oh, I believe, was 65 mm, A bargain. But not a, it's just on an, you know, my favorite topic. So right. it is a bargain. <laughs> yeah, it's a big old bear of a book. This one, I think I just only have two, well, three more. Because there's another one over there. Um, this is Walt Disney Imagineering, a behind-the-dreams look at making the magic real by the Imagineers. Um, with forward by Michael D. Eisner. I, did you talk about this one on that? I did. On one of one? my... I can't remember which episode I talked about. I think it was, because I, I remember linking to it. But, yeah, this was... Uh, this is a fun book that basically goes by discipline within the Imagineering, of which there are approximately 140. Um... But there's no index. So, I mean, it basically talks about each of the disciplines throughout Imagineering using particular uh, attractions or things as the examples of that discipline. But, like, there's no, like, if you wanted to find all of the Pirates of the Caribbean references, you basically have to go page by page looking for mm -hmm. whichever ones include that. Um, so it's, it's... It's fun, but it's it's not it's not great as a research guide because it's so tough to get through. But it has some phenomenal <coughs> artwork and photography of Imagineers doing their thing. And so this is and there's actually been a a, a sequel book called Imagineering: A Behind the Dreams Look at Making or Making More the Matter. Yeah. It's definitely written it's by Disney. It's more behind the dreams looks at making the magic real or something like that. It's just got the word Too more. Too many words. It. But basically, in that one includes essentially the same content, but all within using the newest parks, including Hong Kong Disneyland, Animal Kingdom, um, uh, Tokyo Disney Sea, and the Disney Studios Paris, and California Adventure as their examples. 
you know, the, essentially because they built those five parks all within just a few years. Um, so yeah, this is a great set of books, and I highly recommend them all. And it's by the Imagineers. So there you go. Oh, don't chew it. Here you go. I better grab that cheese train. Here is another one. This is another, probably one of my original three Disney collecting books. <laughs> that I actually purchased this in the Disney store on Pier 39 in, on a trip to San Francisco. Which is a really weird thing to do when you're on vacation in California when you're living in Texas at the time. Um, but I guess I never thought I would, at that time, that I would find it again, which is really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw it, and I had to have it. Um, and But it was, a, it was a book that had been released. I think this originally came out in 1975 or 78 or something. And so when I found this in the late 80s, you know, it had been out for a long time. But this actually tells the story of, I guess I forgot to say what the title was. This is called The Art of Walt Disney. From Mickey Mouse to the Magic Kingdoms by Christopher Finch. And by the way, his middle name is Robin, Christopher Robin Finch. He actually wrote a couple of books about Winnie the Pooh as well. Fun fact. Yeah. He was named after Christopher Robin. Anyway. Um, but yeah, this is a kind of the, the history of the Walt Disney Company, all the way from Walt's you know birth and growing up in Marceline, Missouri, and and Kansas City and all of that, all the way through the creation of his original studio back in California. Um, and it just goes through each of the animated pictures, including a lot of pencil sketches and artwork and all of that. But then it does, when he starts to uh, evolve into doing live action movies, it talks about that. And then when he gets into theme parks, it talks about that. So it's... <laughs> We have a little somebody who's interested in the 1950s section of Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. Hello. But yeah, so this is a great uh, find about that. There's got to be a part in here where it talks about Disney World, I mean Disneyland, because we're in the 1950s section. But anyway, well, here's the 1970s Walt Disney World. And the last chapter was actually a... Um, it, no, oh. it actually is an excerpt from, it's actually a full article from the architectural, architectural Review about what is amazing about Disney World. Hmm. And I'm trying to find that, but it's tough. It's called The Lessons of the Park. This chapter is based on the article published in the June 1972 issue of Architectural Forum, a magazine article. Um, from 1972 talking about the amazing thing that Walt Disney World was. And that was always my favorite part. It includes a lot of fun things, including Mickey Mouse and the Utilidors. So yeah. Very fun. I highly recommend that. And there's actually been probably six or seven different uh, remakes of this book. Not just a reprint, but they've actually kind of redone it in different ways. Anyway, this takes me to my last book that we have featured here, which is the Progress City Primer, right? I know some people think say primer, but I... It's a primer? It's whatever you want it to be. I call it a primer because <laughs> in, the, um, in the great moments with Mr. Lincoln, in, in his speech, he talks about learning things from primers. Abe would know. I, yeah, and so I think that that's what I've always called it. Anyway, this is a book by our friend Michael Crawford, um, just with all kinds of fun little snippets and stories about Disney, including the parks and some animation. I think, I think there's animation in here, but I don't know. I think it might be all about parks, now that you mention it, but it also includes some great recipes at the end, including of our favorite cornbread cornbread <laughs> and the chili and beans at Fort Wilderness but it's not just about recipes but it's got some phenomenal articles all about Epcot Center and about the original Fort Wilderness all kinds of fun things unrelated chapters that are just fun little stories this was one of our favorites yeah
So um, I would recommend that you get this if you can. Yes. But yeah, so I think that takes it. Uh, those are the books that I had featured on uh, in our backdrop. What are your thoughts? Those were some books that you featured in our backdrop. Can you imagine if I did that, but with my entire Disney library? <sighs> it would have to be like a, I don't know, 97-part series. A weeks-long episode. Yeah. It could be a podcast. It would be its own. That's true. Its own thing. Every week you could do. I mean, because really, in order to do justice to things you could do an entire episode on one book. I really could. And then it would take like, you the rest I of the life. I know that every book that I just featured, I did not do justice to. And <laughs> like, even if you were watching the video, like even just how I thumbed through them was probably not ideal. I didn't have them selected to like great pages, but like just whatever pages I just happened to thumb like through. Like I said in the beginning, this was just a, a fun and fancy free episode, give, giving people a taste. And they can of yeah. course ask questions if they have any more uh, you know, questions on what you talked about. Yeah. And they can look things up. I will link to things. So. Yes, we're going to have to make links. going to be a lot of links. <laughs> if I can find them. <laughs> yeah. So I think that about wraps this crazy little episode up. Yeah. Well, this is a very w weird little episode that we did. But Crazy uh, 30. <laughs> we, if I had a little confetti thing, oh, I would 30. pop that right now. <laughs> yeah. But this was our 30th episode, you know, take it or leave it. <laughs> I'll, what are you going to do? I'll take it. Um, <clears throat> wow, I just totally lost my voice. Just a little fun snippet into, you know, what all of this stuff was behind us and a very... Because yeah, it's kind of grown of after each episode. We've we try to find some something to add in that goes with each topic, but we don't always have something. But that said, you know... It, it's a fun little palate cleanser, I guess, in between deep dives and historical conversations. That's so right. We thank you, as always, for listening. If you are listening to us on a podcast, give us a rating, hopefully a good one. <laughs> <laughs> give us a thumbs up. Subscribe, as we mentioned earlier, to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash we would love to have you as a subscriber, and then you can know when we upload a new video, whether it's about the podcast or any other fun stuff back when the parks say, reopen. Also, I want comments and questions. Yes, That would be course. fantastic to get uh, some feedback, and we could even maybe <clears throat> put some of them on the air and maybe answer some questions from y'all. Exactly. So thanks again for listening, and thanks for joining us up the waterfall. Bye now.